about this time, the question arises for me, as perhaps for you, how will I handle Christmas? How will I handle all that Christmas is and demands? Oh my gosh, there's so much to get done. How will I ever get through it all? I hardly made a dent on my shopping list on Black Friday. I was too busy enjoying the leftovers from Thanksgiving. I've got no idea what to get for Uncle Fred. I've got no idea what to even tell my mom to get for me, unless it's just socks again this year. Why in the world did I say that we would host that party at our house with all that we've got going on? And how did those people next door manage to get their Christmas lights up and their Christmas cards out already? It just confounds me. Good heavens, I was still eating the Halloween candy. And then Thanksgiving came, and now Christmas season is already here. Is there any possible way we could all agree to just move Christmas to February this year? Can you resonate with any of those feelings? For some of us, I suppose, the question of how we will handle Christmas is is doubly hard this year. We lost our job in these past months, some of us. We don't know how we're going to put on the Christmas season as we've done in the past, how we can keep it the same for our kids. Or maybe we saw somebody that we loved die this past year, and we wonder how Christmas will be the same. Or maybe we went through a divorce Or perhaps we moved or we messed up in some way or we saw our health or some other arrangement that we used to count on mangled in some way. And our lives are under so much more pressure, maybe dealing with so much more pain than usual. And we ask ourselves, how are we going to get through this season that is supposed to be so full of peace and joy when we feel so little of it? How will we handle Christmas? All around us each and every year, even for those of us for whom life seems to be working just fine, Christmas poses a particular challenge, doesn't it? There's so much clatter and crush. There's so much rushing and rapping and relentless ringing this time of year. How do we keep it from obscuring our vision of what matters most? How do we keep all of the busyness of the season, the materialism of the season, from obscuring our experience of the true reason for the season? How do we feel for ourselves or help the people in our households feel for themselves what Christmas is really all about? How do we handle Christmas? How do we handle it? It is no secret, perhaps, that The world around us supplies some help in getting at the deeper meaning. If you pay attention in the weeks ahead, you'll hear all kinds of stories of Christmas. You'll have the chance to hear about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and the Grinch who stole Christmas. They'll run the Polar Express again and Miracle on 34th Street. You'll have a chance to watch the bells of St. Mary's and It's a Wonderful Life. You'll learn about Frosty and Charlie Brown and, of course, the tale of old St. Nick. 
We could do a lot worse, I think, than to soak in the meaning of some of these stories. They've got a good moral, most of them. They remind us of the importance of giving and of seeking the good in ourselves and in our fellow man. They speak of the value of hoping, even when it gets very dark, and of helping out others when it's dark for them. But if this is the best we can find, if even these good stories are the best gifts that we unwrap at Christmas, then we will still have missed the most important gift of the season. What we need, I believe, is the far older story, the far more substantial story that we're going to be taking into our hands today, just starting to take in and hopefully taking in more deeply into our hearts in the days to come. In the opening verses of the gospel that bears his name, a physician by the name of Luke writes these words to a man named Theophilus, which is simply the Greek word for friend of God. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, Luke begins. What he is saying here is that the things that I'm going to tell you are so important, Theophilus, that I am just one of many people who have dedicated themselves to telling this same story. And this story, friend, is not just any story. You're going to hear lots of other stories in your life, Theophilus. Many other worthy stories, but I'm telling you that the one I'm about to recount is more important than any of them by a long shot. It is the account of the fulfillment of nothing less than the awesome promises and prophecies and purposes of God set in motion at the foundations of the earth. This is the great story. I'm going to tell you, friend of God, I am passing along these truths to you. I quote Luke, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Therefore, he goes on, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for you. O oh, most excellent Theophilus. In other words, what I am about to tell you, I did not make up. I did not embellish. What I am about to tell you, says Luke, I had placed in my hands like those who received it before me, placed in my hands this staggering gift. A record from eyewitnesses of the amazing activity of God himself. And I carefully investigated, I carefully investigated everything that had been told to me. And I found it so trustworthy. I found it so vital. I found it so world-shaking and significant that I just felt compelled, Theophilus, to write an orderly account of it so that others would know about it and so that you in particular, so that you might know the certainty of the things you've been taught. I know you're taught many things. I know you hear many messages. 
But I want you to know the certainty of these things that you have been taught. What Luke is saying, in effect, is that I have a story to tell you that is the secret to certainty in this life, to security and surety in this life. It is a gift which, when truly received, is the absolute key to handling whatever is going on in this world right now. Whatever is going on in your world right now, this is the key to handling it. So whatever else you may be juggling today or in the days ahead, don't drop this ball, Luke is saying. Don't lose this. Don't miss this story, this precious gift. Don't get distracted by all the lesser stories and the trivial messages and the noise and the clatter of the season. Handle with care. What I'm going to pass on now to you. Teach the people you know, especially the young, to cherish this precious gift. For this is the good news. God so loved the world. This broken, conflicted, Sin-sick, struggling, magnificent, needy world. God so loved this world that He sent His only begotten Son that whosoever believed in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into this world to be its judge, but that the world through Him, through relationship with Him, would be saved. This, my friends, this truth, this relationship is what we're called to handle at Christmas. This is the great story. This is the good news. That we're going to talk about, think about, delve more deeply into in the weeks to come. This is the marvelous story of Christmas. Which in scripture and in song, we begin to tell once again today.